0: Everyone and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts.
1: And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU, scene by scene in historical order, until the end of time. James started this episode so fast. I mean, I finished a <laughs> sentence to our co... Nope, to our guest. I almost said to our co-guest. We've only got one. To our guest... And I mean, like a nanosecond had gone by, and James went, Hey. And I was like, It shocked me to my core. Uh, What does not shock me, though, is the fact that we have Mike Snyder back for another episode. Welcome, Mike.
2: Yes, indeed. Hello again. Hello. You you guys can't get rid of me even if you tried to throw me into the ice where the Tesseract was from. But I'm back now, colder and wetter b- than before.
1: <laughs> just riding that submersible, just coming like yeah. you're like, you're like, yep. oh, I'm gonna sink Yeehaw! to the bottom, and then you like land on the submersible as right. it's coming back up, you go, dang it.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. And and I'm I'm a little bit like uh the uh, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and where he's just like riding mm-hmm. the submersible or riding the bomb in that sure. case. Uh, that's that's me. Yeah. It's Mike. With me. These modern day
0: references like Dr. Strangelove.
1: James. James has a real affinity for like timing, like the way that you manage to get a joke the minute that drink meets someone's face.
2: Yeah. It's it's incredible. I mean, to be fair, he's just always slinging jokes and the drinks, the drinks they're going and then they come out. Yeah. Hey, quip, quip.
1: That, huh? James did the the you know Spider-Man thwip motion, right? <laughs> yes. It's quip quip.
0: It's very good. Uh, uh, very good. Also Doctor Strange Love and Thunder.
1: Ah. Oh. Yeah. Doctor or Strange Love Multiverse of How I Mo- Learn to stop worrying uh, and let New yeah, yeah.
0: Zealanders start directing my Marvel movies.
1: Mhm.
2: We, we I, the, the council is as 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 decided <laughs> that we will accept that. All
0: sure. right. So, this is part 2 of the Agent Carter prequel series featuring Mike Snyder on vocals. Um, that's me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that um, <laughs> really threw you for a loop there, huh? <laughs> James it's had to a me, do a Mikey hard yo. stop. Like uh, it's yes. a me, Mike. Yeah, that is. Wait, yeah, no, that's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it's Amy. I think so. Oh, that's I am Icarus. Name. I am Icarus exactly. <laughs> um. So previously on Timeline Scavengers, Howard Stark found the Tesseract, but not Steve Rogers. He wore a cable knit turtleneck sweater. sweater. So the most important parts of the yeah. episode. And he didn't he did the turn slightly and say a thing as opposed Without to turning and making eye contact, which is what you do when you're feeling nice or jovial.
1: Versus
0: ice. Right. Ice <laughs> and scovial. Which is like a spice, you know that spice level, like Scovilles.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sure do. Mike, like that spicy. was so bad that Mike hit the boom arm. Yeah. That holds his yeah. mic up. Uh, yeah. And uh, you could hear the twang of the little spring that holds. Yeah. It.
0: We are starting with Captain America: The First Avenger. At one hour forty nine minutes and thirty six seconds, and we're going through to one hour fifty minutes and fifteen seconds. In our household, when we say fifty or fifteen, we definitely always say fifty five zero or fifteen one five because it is so hard not to uh, mix those two up. And often, that's a good point. It's going to be dinner's going to be ready in fifty minutes versus fifteen minutes is a very big difference. Very so, big difference. Yeah. 35 minutes, actually. It is. And that is bigger than the number. <laughs> 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 so, here's what happens.
1: I love the energy we've created
0: today. <laughs> the, the SSR office is being packed up. <laughs> Phillips walks quietly up to Peggy and hands her the SSR file on Captain America. She opens it up, steals herself, and then pulls out a picture of scrawny Steve Rogers, and I put in parentheses SSR, from Camp Lehigh. <laughs>
1: that's and that's good. it.
0: That's the whole thing. That's it. That's the whole that's the whole yep. the whole clip. Uh I did write down the number uh the file number. I think it's DC203-33. Um that means as far as I can tell absolutely nothing. So with that in mind, okay. what do we, th- we any thoughts? Let's open up the floor to what people thought of this scene.
1: Mike? Oh, uh, th- okay. Uh,
2: uh, 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 last time I was last, so I was I was yeah. stealing myself. Ooh.
1: Um, throwing us under the bus, <laughs> there. I'm throwing us under the ice. Last time I was last, uh, so <laughs> sorry. I,
0: I had something I'm very important to say. Joke. It was
2: the joke. I had a anyway, thing that I needed to uh, say. Hold on, Mike. I, I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> See, turnabout is fair play. Uh, it's this scene is you know, really heartbreaking because of Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's he's he you know, he's a stoic man, yeah. he doesn't show much emotion. But the the fact that he hands it to Peggy and kind of just stands there for a little bit while she kind of takes in all that information about what is happening, who is doing it, what is being handed to her, and then before she even opens opens it up, yeah. it feels like is his way of really showing how much he cared about or cared about Steve cares about Peggy and cares about them together. And it's just so heartbreaking that, you know, like, you know, it's this small moment that is, you know, it can't, it, he can't, he doesn't do that emotion. He's just like, here's the thing. Right. And walks on. Here's the thing. And it's,
1: wow, here's the and thing.
2: it's, it's heartbreaking a little bit, for like sure, because it, it, you know this is—it's—it has gravity, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, most items do on this planet, uh, but wow. sorry,
0: <laughs> except blockbuster sure when I'm trying to rent a Sandra Bullock movie.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a
0: Sandra Bullock movie called Gravity, yeah. right? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, what I it was, was doing theory. was thinking, what's Was
2: there a <laughs> Was Blockbuster open when Gravity, but there is still yeah. one in yeah. Bend, Oregon, so, so yes, it
1: does. Listen, um, I, I have a couple of thoughts about this scene. The first yeah. one is that I think in this moment, there's an unspoken line okay. of as he hands the folder over, right? They kind of have like the little moment, and then he <laughs> kind of like quietly, kind of like almost nods to himself and walks off. I think as he turns away, you can see the moment where in his head he does think, maybe I should have kissed him. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought you were going to say he's still skinny,
1: <laughs> still scrawny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's still skinny. He's like, mm. well, but put an icicle through him. Goes that one arm through the other other side. No, um, but my my serious comment though is mm. that I think that there is something. About I mean like we've we've talked about Tommy Lee Jones a lot in this movie. Sure. I mean, obviously, but like right. I mean, he's in the fucking thing, right? But like sure. I just mean right. like he's <laughs> there yeah. are there are other sure. characters that have a, probably about the same amount of screen time as him that mm-hmm. we have not talked necessarily as in depth about actor wise, right? right? Um
0: for example
1: but, Sure. Um, yeah, give us a give, let's yeah, see, give us uh, a couple Phillips? Examples.
0: Uh, well, the only person who has appeared on screen in Captain America as much as Phillips is, well, that we've recorded episodes about is Bucky Barnes.
1: And, and that's I think that's a great point. I mean, really? Yeah. How? Uh, why did I do that again? Haley Atwell. Really? We have is not on. She's, she's on more, though.
0: Right? She's she's more than double.
1: Uh, right. But like the of
0: times we talked about Phillips
1: here. Yeah. But here's here's a fun thing, though. I wonder how much we've talked about. Haley Atwell versus mm, Great call, Peggy Carter, great
0: call. Sure, sure, right? sure,
1: sure. the Because that's what I'm thinking about, like, for any of these people, like, very rarely do we talk about the actor each time we come to the scene, right? But, like, we, like, very frequently talk about, like, the, we'll say, you know, Phillips for a moment. Right. But then we'll be like, so Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones.
2: Right.
0: I'm going to have to go back through this whole thing and listen to every episode to distinguish between do, actor and character. More <laughs> downloads,
1: baby. Um, <laughs> love that. Um, but I think the the thing about this is that, like, th- this character is one that, like, it makes sense as to why we never see him again. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you think about that, that's a series rap yep. on Tommy Lee Jones, on Phillips. Yep. We never see Phillips ever again. That is quietly handing it off and exit stage left and then that's it. Uh, he goes right. quietly into that night. Um, but like they establish him so well in just one film mm-hmm. with not a lot of screen time. Right. He is someone who like you kind of immediately think that he is this tough and gruff guy who doesn't care. Because of you know like just because of the way he is in the first couple of scenes, but he always has that heart of gold, and yep. sure, I don't necessarily know if it's like a father figure. I feel like that's a that's a a, a a weirder way to look at it. Just because I maybe not enough time to figure that out. But there's definitely a mentor right figure between him and Peggy, and I think that that has also been something that has not always necessarily been there. Again, the the film also spans multiple years, so those relationships, I think, clearly sometimes right. grow off screen. For but sure. like, sure. even between when we first see them uh, with you know the, the project rebirth, and then when you see them months later, yep, their dynamic has clearly grown. Yep, you know, so yeah, by the end of it, you have all of that, and like you know, you see that turn. I think for real when they're watching the newsreel and steve's compass has her in it and he does that sly turn to her and like phillips of 1943 of calling him still still skinny would not give that look i think right at least not yeah i agree yeah but like the fact that he turns looks at her he's like oh he's got the hots for teacher you know like okay you're like hey yeah, you know, Um, and he's like, you know, kind of like nudging her like, oh, look, that's you. Like, oh, you're on the big screen. She's like, mm, stop. No, don't. Everybody's looking at me. Don't look at me. Right. Uh, you know, like there's that little moment. And like, it's that thing of, again, also, then the three of them were on that car speeding towards the thing. Right. She kisses him and he goes, I'm not going to kiss you.
0: Yeah. And
1: again, he's like, oh, "Fuck!" That, yeah. was my, that was my only shot, I guess. But like mm, he. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I, leaving that joke aside, for real, though, like he realizes though that like they, he's doing what his job was. He did exactly what right. he was supposed to do. Yep. But also, like, nineteen forty three Phillips would have been like, "We only got one super soldier, and now we have zero super soldiers." But right. now, but like this Phillips is like, "We had a friend who was mm-hmm. like one of the best yeah. people I've ever worked with." and we lost him. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a damn shame and like no one is ever going to live up to that. So that's yeah. the end of it, you know. It
0: ma- it makes me wonder uh what his if this is just his I what I don't want to do right now is trivialize uh what you just said or what Phillips's feelings for Steve and how much he respected him were. But this is the only time we see him sort of uh, grieving, mm-hmm. um, and, sure. and we've talked previously about how you know, as a general or a colonel or you know a leader in the military, you have to deal with you've lost your men, oh, you've for lost sure. whatever all
1: the time, yeah.
0: So it makes me wonder, like, is this is this because we have nothing to compare it to? It, it feels like okay, so is this just how he normally looks? He has a somber, a somber face, or is I mean, obviously Steve was obviously something special, even if you don't you right. know, like him as I mean, a, you know,
1: I, I think he, I think he had some somberness when he was talking about having to do all of those letters back home.
2: Right. right. There yeah. was, there was some, yeah there I was, was
1: thinking, some weight know. to that. Right. Like he's like, yeah. I mean, you know, he gives him the sass of like, I can spell son, but like yeah. the way that he takes off his glasses and just sort of is like, but the name does sound familiar. Like he, he is like genuinely like, sorry in that moment right. where he's like, I am sorry to say, though, that this is a name that I recognize he's – he didn't make it, right? Like, he doesn't feel great about having to deliver that message. Right. Right. I think – not to continue to monopolize time, and I'll I'll turn it over and shut up for a bit after this statement. But I think that, like, there's also the thought process, too, of, like – in a way, it's like, you know, when you're a doctor, right, obviously you – you take the note of like what happened if you lose a patient, right? Uh, right? And you can live with it. You can stick with it for a bit, but you can't like let it r- like run you yeah. right. You, you can't right. like let it fully get to you, like it yeah. like in one hundred percent fullness every time, because eventually, like the the weight of that will crush you, right? Right. Um, yeah, you have to understand that. I mean, that, they
2: they did a good good kind of comedic look on that and
1: in scrubs, scrubs. Yes. scrubs was, yeah.
0: if scrubs taught us anything and it did it was you can't always right. fully mourn everyone that you lose cuz you're a doctor and
1: i mean there were there were episodes right. where like they didn't even go for the comedic moment of that yeah. I and mean, like there's one where yeah, yeah. you know dr cox like really goes down a spiral of yep. making like the probably his worst decision or choice or whatever you want to call it that he ever did in his doctor career and You know the amount of what happens after that, like really stacks up on him, and like he's, you know, he's. It's like a multiple episode spiral that, like, it takes a while, and like they are very good about matching, like, having those heartfelt moments and then still having comedy, but then coming back to the bereavement,
2: and like. But to your point, like it is that same way mm -hmm. with with the the battlefield battlefield. because you are, because you are, you are surrounded by death you yeah. know, you know, there, it's a different setting, but there are definitely parallels, uh, especially if you're a right. medic, or something.
1: And like the that. amount of people that go in and out of like, for lack of a better term, we'll just say like the barracks, right. Yeah. That you see sure. in that position where there's probably some folks that like you have probably met, but don't recall whatsoever just because you've seen 400 people over the last two, three months. Right. And you're right. just like, ah, John Johnson. Um, god I probably met him you know like and that doesn't mean that you don't mourn them or don't feel sorry for their loss but it's like you have John Johnson the private that you saw twice maybe ever versus maybe like let's say Freckleface
0: Haynes the dog face boy
1: (laughs) okay you brought it up not me but yeah Freckleface Haynes the dog face boy right like Haynes is out there like Haynes is a guy that you see every day right you know, because, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, and you, you have a rapport. that guy is your friend. Right. And then when you lose that, it's like, not only are you having to do your job about it, yeah, but it's like, you don't have to do your job and process like, so. like, you have to process like emotionally and also like professionally. Right. That whole thing. Right. Like that's a huge juxtaposition I think to have for these characters.
2: I mean, yeah, and it's an extreme version of like, oh, your friend is on your work team, and then he decides to move on to another mm-hmm, company. Right. It's he's not dead, obviously, but like you have to continue doing your job in the way that your job is changing because of this person no longer being
0: right, there. Right. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Obviously, obviously, a wild extreme of somebody dying on the battlefield, but uh, but, it, not, but I think that's not that inappropriate. All, yeah, I think that's yeah, actually I
1: think a we decent. can all relate to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. People are dead to me when they leave. Um, <laughs> sure,
2: that that I, I've I've heard that about. So Mike sure. is uh, dead
1: to James every time he's not on the podcast, and the second he pops back right. up, he's like, "Oh, Mike! Wow!" That's yes. when I,
2: like whenever
0: Mike he's, pops onto the Zoom, I'm like, "Whoa! Oh, right, right! Oh, jeez! Yeah, I I'm a
2: ghost!
1: <laughs> wow! New Lord just dropped. This is the kind of final piece of right. like of processing everything. We're you know, sectioning it all off away. Yeah. And technically it should be in a box in a, you know, SSR place. But, um, it, I think like the safest place is going to be is with you.
0: Right. It's, it's a, it's a grace thing. He's showing like, I know what the protocol is here, but the, 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 the right thing, the graceful thing to do here is for you to have this. And Mike, I just want to, I just want to be very clear. Um, I don't think that friends are constantly thinking like, okay, well, another day of with a friend, one day closer to them (laughs) leaving my life in whatever way. But (laughs) it's just no it's just a social contract thing, I think, more than anything. Sure.
2: Um to kind of uh, get us away from the the heavy emotions, uh, uh, I, not not to say that they're not valid and not. Well,
1: hang that, on, let's sit in it for like one more minute, Mike. Just let's let's all just be silent and think about.
2: Okay, silence on a podcast. A, a new new idea. Let's Do you ever go. think about
0: how every moment of silence is uh, a, a moment you're never getting back because you're. Because
1: it's um, dead to you now?
0: Aging, aging, endlessly. What the, the hell future.
1: has happened? Yeah, the energy What's going is
2: very on? weird like, today in the it's studio. It's a weird energy. What I wanted to say, though, is <laughs> yeah. you mentioned you mentioned uh, Colin. Like, you have uh, this, this, epi- this episode, this uh, movie, you only have one movie to kind of get Phillips mm. and kind of understand him as a character. And I think it's a really smart casting decision. I mean, we've talked, I, I know you guys have talked about Tommy Lee Jones a lot, yeah. but you get so much shorthand by casting. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you do. That you can you can say, okay, you know Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Just here he is. You know what he's about, right? And then we can kind of move him into where he needs to be. 100%. It's a really smart casting decision, all the way through. It, I mean, he's a fantastic actor. Sure. Uh, I think, but uh, it's really – The shorthand of bringing him in and being like. He, just don't worry about it he's telling me the joke right. i think absolutely. this is like a kind of like how example. they brought in lee army in in earlier like 90s movies and it's like he's just a loud drill sergeant, drill sergeant. Right. just just keep going yeah.
1: i think this is a great example of like times where typecasting works absolutely you know cuz i think there are times where typecasting Agreed. is a disservice either to the to the movie or maybe sometimes to the actor but, like, this Agreed, is a yeah. good example of, I think, it working for both. And, like, also, like, a thing of, like, maybe Tommy Lee Jones is not a, you know, major, you know, superhero fan, right? But, like, hypothetically, if you say, hey, they're going to try and make a thing based, like, where they have a bunch of movies, and then they connect them all together. They're going to have this big, you know, hullabaloo. And he's kind of like, that sounds cool. I don't want to be tied down to that many movies, Right. But I, I I feel like it'd be cool to be a part of that. So like, this is also like a perfect you know, casting where you're like, we had like a perfect movie where it explains why you get this amazing actor, but only once.
0: Right. Right. I mean, you could say the same thing about uh, about the um, the Tooch, uh, Stanley Tucci.
1: Yes, for sure. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. it's
0: like, you know, you got this one guy and he made this, he had this amazing effect, amazing performance, and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, and both of
1: their just like
2: all the friends that we have. Right
1: I mean, I understand it's the characters, but like the.
2: Are you doing okay, buddy? Hold on. I want to just. I I, I. I. understand where you're going, Colin. Hey, J- James. How. How. How is life? Perfect. 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 Bits are funny. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure where the bit ended and the real began, so I was just I
1: wanted to. Now I ain't gonna lie to you. The bull is done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. Well, you know, the amount of because times I've seen so. this movie is a lot, right? <laughs> right. Sure. But what is interesting to me is movie. that I've seen Endgame like what? Three times maybe uh total. Uh oh. may I don't know, maybe, maybe four. I don't know. I I, I know I've seen it a few times, right? Okay. Um but like any time. I might have to cut this, but like anytime they go back in time and they go to Peggy's office and she has the picture mm-hmm. on her desk, the f- like every time I watched the movie, I was going, where the fuck did she get that picture from? Yeah. I never once remembered this scene.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, like
1: it- <laughs> it's I mean, it's a short scene, so I, I totally understand why, like it moves by so quickly at the end of the movie. Right. And it's, Why it's basically part of a
0: montage. I mean, we right, cut it, I right. cut it up. Yeah. But it's basically like a and then life went on. Mm-hmm. Some people Except celebrated, for those. some people moved. Offices. <sighs> yeah. Um, um yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I, I, I had that happen with me a bunch of times where I'm like, oh hey, look. He got the I see that where that came from. Now it's from that scene. Huh, interesting. Like the the thing that Howard Stark experiments on. I think I texted I think I messaged yeah, you when yeah. I was like, Hey, that's the thing from the magazine that he got. I was oh, like Yeah,
1: yeah dude. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like did you not know yeah. that? And you're
2: like, nope. No. It's 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 great having, you know, the granularity to make these connections. I, I, I certainly know that you guys do it, but like I've done it on stuff on community. Yeah. That, like not the Beetlejuice joke, sure. but like some other stuff of like you know, the, oh crap! He was wearing this pair of underwear right. or whatever. So, which is actually you know, uh, not that hard to to see. But I, you know, sometimes you miss. Sure, that, so.
0: I mean, I I've been coming to really trying to accept myself uh, that I don't do uh, plot understanding very well all the time. Okay. Like Kristen had to explain Ooh, to me some key points the of the plot of Grease. Uh, a movie I've watched many, many times since I first saw it in sure. the mid-90s. We watched it this summer, and I was like, why is that person acting that way? And she's like, well, they were dating, and now they're not, and so they're still upset. I was like, oh.
1: Is that why, in like a recent episode, I forgot what the context was, but you made a Hickey from Kaneki reference, which I was like, wow, what yeah. a wild stab.
2: Um, that,
1: We were talking it's, to Tay, only and we had...
0: Previously talked about Greece for some reason, and so that was a the Higgy from yeah, but no, it was because we watched it at at the Yurt wow. this summer. So like, I mean, it wasn't recently, but yeah, it's it's a, Greece is sort of always on my
2: mind. Yeah, it's it's per, it's percolating yeah. up there. It's like it's that along with a lot of other that stuff Ray Charles
0: uh, that Ray Charles song uh, Willie Nelson. Damn it, never mind. Anyway, so um, I did Those have a, um, uh, i I I've started formulating a question. But I couldn't figure out how to word it. Can I Can I read you what my question is? You don't have to answer it because it's uh, not a good one.
2: <laughs> sure. You've sold it so well, I have to hear it.
0: Have you ever moved? <laughs> <laughs> What I meant to ask, <laughs> what I was trying to figure out how to word, and then apparently just abandoned uh, just it,
1: just gave up on it,
0: <laughs> was like it's such a weird thing to still be employed by something by a company and be moving offices. Like they're packing up their stuff, but they're, it's because they're moving oh, back yeah, to New Mexico.
1: Yeah, and because the war's over.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, I will answer it. Actually, please. Um, have you I, ever
0: moved? Go ahead. <laughs>
2: Personally, yes. Professionally, also yeah. Also, yes. Um. So I'll I'll go professionally. I've worked for a company that has multiple buildings, mm-hmm. and had to move, uh, myself between buildings, right. and that is an interesting process because uh, multiple times they have, you know, I remember one time they're like, okay, this was pre-pandemic. They're like, okay, take your laptops home, and you're just going to work for there for the week, and then when you come back in next week you'll be in the new right. building, you know, like, cause, cause have boxed up all your stuff and you've made sure any plants that you wanted to bring home so that they wouldn't die in the week without the water, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really odd thing to happen. Yeah. I've also moved my stuff between different desks yeah. in an office. Mm-hmm. And that's also an interesting process. Cause you get a box and you just kind of move stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, why is that guy moving that chair? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. But I've also moved across country from Virginia to Oregon, which is also a fun experience uh when you uh are uh, uh kind of broke. Yeah. Uh which which is what I was. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. I I I have moved. Great, great, good good
0: good answer to the question, first of all. And uh yeah, no I agree. We <laughs> we um we did but like I started this job that I'm currently at and hoping to leave very soon. Um on the second floor of this building, <laughs> then o- over the course of the years, I moved down to the first floor, and then okay to Arlington from from Chantilly. So like, I basically doubled my commute, and it sucked. Um, yeah, that does sound like yeah. It so it's definitely weird to to have both of those situations, but then also actually the for the pandemic being like, okay, welp, I guess when working from home now. Um. See you. I guess that is also see you in thing. six weeks or three weeks or whatever we thought foolishly in March of 2020, where we're like, uh, all right, it'll probably be like a we'll month or something. Yeah, they
1: were like four <laughs> weeks, and we'll have it squared away. And I remember, I I remember. So I saw Alex Taylor, friend of the show, co-founder of Scavenger Network. She, we she we saw each other. I mean, he's a friend of, of me, so not me. Uh oh. oh. Wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> James's kitchen decision for me. Wow, this is crazy. Uh no. What an so, episode this is. Yeah. What a wild time this is. Um, this is one for the book. Total whiplash. So the literally day a before, book. Let's re- make a book out of it. Uh the day before the pandemic like uh uh quarantine mm. like ruling basically came like we actually like knew ahead of time it was coming. Like right. they basically were like, hey, like, uh, California and, like, another state. So, like, because it, it had, obviously, it hit the West Coast first.
2: Right. And they were, like,
1: right. hey, like, we just had a confirmed... Which is fun. We <laughs> had fun. We had a confirmed case in New York. So, like, now because it's on the East Coast, basically the, like... Well, no, it's more of, like, no, where they were checking to see the, <laughs> the spread. Like, if it wasn't right. in our right. state, right. Sure. there was no For reason sure. to shut down. But, like, right. they were, like, okay, it's too close to home. Like, they're going to basically make the call tomorrow. So, uh, I texted Alex and I was like, Hey, I know you're, um, working. Uh, he, he had, he used to do uh, music instruction at a couple of different uh, locations. So I was like, Hey, I know you're like right down the road from me. Do you want to get, um, some food before your first student of the day? He was like, yeah. And so we like, we met in person and sat across from each other, like maybe a foot Okay, not a foot, uh, but like, well, what, what is like that? Three or four feet between people. I don't know, like if you're nose to nose you know, at a table. Uh, but like you know, we were sitting there just talking, like you know, not nothing covering our faces. Uh, right. I mean, there was no way of knowing if technically it hadn't actually already been given to us, and we we're just sitting there going, bah, 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 you're just chatting it up, and then, uh, uh, and then we went into quarantine the next day, and I remember like we we're I was we we're talking about it, and I was like, yeah, was like they say. That, uh, four to six weeks, uh, should, you know, if everyone stays like, and I, and I was like, but, uh, I was like, I mean, do you think people are going to stay? And James, uh, James, I'm sorry. Alex was hey. like, no. And I was like, yeah, I was like, people yeah. are going to get tired of being stuck inside. I was like, so I'll give it a week before people are like, I need to be outside. I need to go to whatever I need to, you know, it's like, people are going to be atrocious about it. Yeah. Uh, and I was right. Um, mm. called it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that I'm so accurate about how terrible the people of the world are. Uh, Anyway, Uh, so. uh, The country. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'd still uh, argue that there was quite a few places. A decent
0: amount of countries. Decent amount of countries. From what I hear.
1: Some places had it squared away.
0: better, yeah.
1: Not everyone. Um, Every one. Iceland. In the beginning. Right. Uh, the, not the, everyone was the land of now. Now, yes, right, right. By by this point, yes, for sure. Yeah. But like at one point, Italy was like really like ravaged by this shit. I was, right. it was, it was bad. In, it's in a me Valley. contagion.
0: <laughs> um. So oh. hey, so I I t- I talked about it last. What a great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plague. Um. So I talked about this last uh last episode when we talked about mike being on uh and uh mike sort of requested a segment that i was sort of also already thinking of doing kind of uh mike did say that he wanted to have uh, a music segment he was hoping for a music segment so um
2: that was mostly a
0: joke yeah i know but who am i um
1: james anderson
0: yeah exactly Uh uh-huh uh so, I decided to do a music of 1945, uh, which is the first time in Captain America that we've done a music of Enter Your Here thing. Uh, but I think I found a good way to, to sort of link it to this plot in kind of, if I may, kind of a funny way. All right. Hit that theme music. You may. Okay. There's not. So uh, this is going to be about two songs that were both at number one around the same time. In America, I couldn't find British charts that were really reliable. Um, As we go through the years, charts are going to be way more reliable. Uh, In 1945 in America, Billboard was like, yeah, we're mostly selling jukeboxes, but I guess uh, we can start keeping track of songs, I guess. I don't know. Um, But these two songs were by the same uh, pair of artists and... Around the same time, on various different charts, like there was like you know most played in jukeboxes, most requested from radio, all these different charts that were consolidated into the Hot 100. And it is uh, the pair of people are Les Brown and his uh, orchestra, which were called the uh, the Band of Renown. So Les Brown and the Band of Renown, which I find very fun. And uh, that is very Doris fun. Day, who is a person that people oh, of may course, have heard. Doris yeah. Day. Yeah, sure. Um, the songs mm-hmm. are. My dreams are getting better all the time, and "Sentimental Journey," and the thing about these two songs, um, specifically these two songs. Well, "Sentimental Journey" was basically the first time uh, anyone heard Doris Day, like, and we're like, "Hey, that's that's a good song. You know, she's a good singer. I like. (laughs) Let's let's hear more from her." Um, Was "Sentimental Journey," but both of these songs are basically, uh, "Hey, the war's over." The boys are coming back home. Let's sing some good love songs to, you know, whatever. And I thought that was very, uh, a a shitty radio situation for Peggy Carter to be in.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And truly many many people people, who,
0: yeah, yeah, who were being like, great. No, great.
1: But sentimental journey. So my mom had sent me an email. (gasps) Was it on the list? On August 26th, my mom sent me an email called World War II Music and three exclamation marks. Colin, <laughs> I, I'm going to read this in full because I know there's not, it's not meant to have attitude, but like sometimes the way parents punctuate things- Right. Seems, Generational difference of punctuation so, for sure. Colin, okay, period. I listened to <laughs> every 1931 musical segment about music and people that many people have never heard of. Now we are in World War II when some really good music was written and performed that is still loved today. Uh, Maybe you could mention some of them. Sorry. Maybe you could mention some of them with two exclamation marks was that that's how I read that one. So uh, what she, she gave a a few and then she did say the ones in bold are ones that are super famous that I really like. Um, Here are the tunes. Moonlight Serenade, the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Sure. I've got my love to keep me warm. Les Brown and his orchestra.
0: Yep. I'll be seeing you.
1: Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra. Yep. This is one that you and I talked about already. Accentuate the positive. Charlie mm-hmm. Spivak, Spivak maybe, and his orchestra. Love that song. And the family channel. Great song. Um, what? And the family channel?
0: Remember the family? That's where we
1: Oh, we're you're at. right. Yes, that's how yeah. we- Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the mood, the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Blueberry Hill- it? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Dorsey and his orchestra. Opus Ooh. number one, Andy Kirk and his Clouds of Joy. And Sentimental Journey, Les Brown Ooh. and his orchestra. Woo! Oh, and sorry. Also and girl, girl, also the song make- We'll Meet Again, but she didn't give an artist for that one.
0: That, and that was virulent.
1: Which is why the first time I read that email, because she didn't include the artist <laughs> that on that, I thought that was her sign off. Her and I was like, that's a weird <laughs> Intense. But here's where it is it says, Intense. We'll Meet Again. Enter, enter. Here's hoping. And I was like, that's that's dark, mom. And then I realized, wait, because it's wheel capital M and then capital A, that has to be a song. Right. And then I typed right. it and was like, it is. Yeah. Okay. But I really thought it was like, we'll meet again. Here's Hoping. And I was like, Jesus, Mom. It's like
2: this is your mom, man. It
1: is also, I think all the attitude is if there is attitude, is all forgiven for it's signed mom, smiley face. uh
0: uh-huh.
2: Yeah.
1: So oh, you know,
0: basically a minion down there at the end of the of the film. Um, <laughs> it so, pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's learn a little about less, a little bit about Les Brown, and then we'll learn a little bit about Doris Day, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. If you think that there's going to be a collision with a train in this story, <laughs> you are correct. Here's here's some door. here's some here's some some teasers. Uh, train collision. Okay. Uh, Duke University I, and Phineas and feel, Ferb. So
2: I felt like I'm pretty teased with the uh the tr- collision, but Phineas
0: and Ferb, I didn't realize that was a little bit coming. of a Karnak sort of deal, like uh
2: <laughs> Sure.
0: And Ph- Les Brown was born in Reinerton, Pennsylvania. He enrolled in the Conway Military Band School, which was later incorporated into Ithaca College in 1926. He enrolled there in 1926. It was uh, incorporated into Ithaca College later, I presume. Uh, he studied with famous band leader Patrick Conway, the guy whose name is at the beginning of the military band school name, uh, for three years before receiving a music scholarship to the New York Military Academy, where he graduated in 1932. Then he went to Duke University from 32 to 36. Okay. There he led the group Les Brown and his Blue Devils, cause Duke, mm,
1: Duke, yeah
0: who performed regularly on Duke's campus and up and down the East Coast. Brown took the band on an extensive summer tour in 1936. At the end of the tour, while some of the band members returned to Duke to continue their education, others were cool and stayed on with Brown and continued to tour, (laughs) becoming in 1938 the band of renown. The band's original drummer, Don Kramer, became the acting manager and helped define their future. Because he was the drummer, and they were putting him in, the, in the hands of the drummer. So, in 1945, the, this band brought Doris Day into prominence with their recording of Sentimental Journey. The song's release coincided with the end of World War II in Europe and became an unofficial homecoming theme for many veterans. The band had nine other number one hit songs, including I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm. Shout out to Colin's mom. Um, Les Brown's grandson, Jeff Swampy Marsh, it, it co-created <laughs> Phineas and Ferb. So, uh, Les Brown's grandson created Phineas and Ferb, along with the That's guy that crazy. is on TikTok, I think. Yeah, damn. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, now, Doris Day. Uh, Doris Day was born Doris Mary Kappelhoff uh, in 1922 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Her mom was a homemaker, because it was 1922, and her father was a music teacher and choir master. And homewrecker. Oh, no. For, uh, well, mm-hmm. no, I'm joking. Uh, actually, that it was, was her so dad funny. that was the homewrecker. I erased that part, but they did break up because of his infidelity, not hers. So, uh, cool, Colin. Nice uh, way to bring this episode down for once. <laughs> um, for, <laughs> yeah,
2: this episode, it's just been so high and airy and light and nice. For most of her life, Day
0: stated that she was born in 1924. It was not until her 95th birthday when the Associated Press uh, snitched on her and found her birth certificate, which had a 1922 date of birth. Um then she was like, okay, fine. Uh, she developed an early interest in dance and in the mid-1930s formed a dance duo with Jerry Daugherty that performed in competitions throughout the United States. Things were looking great for this dance duo until a car accident on October 13th, 1937 shattered her right leg and curtailed her prospects as a professional dancer. The very serious accident involved okay. yeah, a collision no do that. with a Pennsylvania freight train. Um, Train kept on we've, rolling. We've, we've made yeah. it. Um, yeah. While recovering from her car accident, Kapelhoff started to sing along with the radio and discovered a talent she did not know she had. During this long, boring period, I used to while away a lot of time listening to the radio, sometimes singing along with the likes of Benny Goodman, Duke Ellington, Tommy Dorsey, and Glenn Miller. She told A.E. Hotchner, one of her biographers. But the one radio voice I listened to above others belonged to Ella Fitzgerald. There was a quality to her voice that fascinated me, and I'd sing along with her, trying to catch the subtle ways she shaded her voice, the casual yet clean way she sang the words. At the end of the paragraph, we let Colin.
2: (laughs) I don't know what Colin has been laughing about, and I can't stop laughing at Colin's laughing.
0: (laughs) It's the train. Yeah. Is it the car running into the train?
1: (laughs) Okay, so hang on. So uh, listen, you had said at the beginning that it did not involve a train. And I knew that that meant that for sure there had to be a train.
0: I said it didn't involve a train?
2: You said it. it you I
0: said the tease was a a, there's a train accident, accident
1: and I think Chris, when you said like, and if you would think it's that, you'd be wrong. Or I f- I'm I'm forgetting how how you. I thought it. he said you'd
0: be. Yeah, wrong. I don't, I I don't know. I, I right.
1: maybe I don't know. Okay. I I think that like in my head, future you were Colin like,
0: knows what what maybe.
1: There. But like either way, <laughs> it was this thing of like I was like okay, I know it's coming, right? It's like yeah, I know what to expect.
0: Chekhov's train.
1: A little bit, yeah. Exactly. But then just, like, the fact that, like, I don't know. I mean, like, still going, okay, there's going to be a train somewhere. And then just the fact that you were th- – the way you said it and just moved on so quickly, just, I guess, like the train would have. Uh, yep. Just – and also, again, it's that thing of when you know you shouldn't laugh at something. Yeah. It becomes infinitely funnier.
0: <laughs> um. Uh, just real quick uh, I listen I've been listening to this podcast unsighted and also uh, oh, yeah. interacting with the people on on Twitter mm-hmm. um, and I listened to their episode about Chekhov, and do you want to know the most astounding fact in the cherry orchard there is a gun placed on stage in act one listener listen up turn the volume up just slightly it is not fired in the play. Right. Chekhov was like, fuck you. I'm not firing this damn gun.
2: Amazing. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Chekhov it seems more and more like a like a big, huge troll the more I hear about him. So <laughs>
2: observing
0: her daughter, uh, her, observing her daughter sing rekindled her mother Alma's interest in show business, and she decided Dora Doris must have singing lessons, which you probably want to put very delicately. Listen, I've heard I've heard you sing along to the radio. Let's get you some lessons. Um, She engaged a teacher, Grace Rain. After three lessons, Rain told Alma that young Doris had, quote, tremendous potential. Rain was so impressed that she gave Doris three lessons a week for the price of one. That's one for, that's a, that's a 33%. uh, Six. Cut that. Years later, (laughs) Day said that Rain had the biggest effect on her singing style and career. During the eight months she was taking singing lessons, Kappelhoff, had her first professional jobs as a vocalist on the WLW radio program Carlin's Carnival, uh, featuring a young George Carlin. No, I'm joking. That's just the last name of the other person. And in a local restaurant, Charlie Yee's Shanghai Inn, which I'm sure was incredibly just fine and and and, and
2: great. Yep. Just good and great and Four no problems short. whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Charlie Yee's Shanghai Inn. Um, During her radio performances, she first caught the attention of Barney Rapp, who was looking for a female vocalist and asked if she would like to audition for the job. According to Rapp, he had auditioned about 200 singers when Kappelhoff got the job. So she was working for him in 1939, and he was like, what if your name wasn't Kappelhoff anymore? That's too long for the marquee. So she decided to take the name Day because he said, I really like that song you sing day after day. So she changed her last name to Day. Um, she worked with band leaders such as Jimmy James, Bob Crosby. I don't know if that's any relation to Bing Crosby or if he just had the unfortunate name of being named Bob Crosby in the 1940s. Um, and Les Brown. In 1941, Day appeared as a singer with in three soundies with the Les Brown band. While working with Brown, Day recorded her first hit recording, Sentimental Journey, released in early 1945. It soon became an anthem of The Desire of World War II demobilizing troops to return home. Les Brown said, as a singer, Doris belongs in the company of Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. And then someone said, what about Bob Crosby? And he said, who? So that is Doris Day and Les Brown with both Sentimental Journey, which is a song you've heard of. And also another song, which was called, uh, my dreams are getting big, better all the time. My dreams are getting better all the time, which is, uh, actually looked like the more popular song. Um, at the time. My
1: dreams are getting big.
0: <laughs> Colin, hey. Yeah. Hey, Colin. Colin, hey. Why don't you yeah. deliver us the file about the kid that got thrown in the river?
1: Absolutely. You know, the cool this, thing about this is that- it has been
0: all over the place.
1: It really has been. Again, I guarantee it's going to be 20 minutes. Uh, so-
0: Steve Rogers descended into the bipolar ocean because James was one of the hosts of the episode about it.
1: We're only going to do Throw the Kid in the River two more times, which I think is very interesting. Uh-huh. And then but we'll have only, to
0: move into something else.
1: Well, but the thing is, it's going to be only ah, once moving soon. Then the, the, the second time will be quite a ways away. But pretty soon we're going to have a new phrase. Yeah, our new goal, by the way, Mike. We've talked about it off air. We haven't done it on air. Okay. But that instead of saying "let's throw the kid in the river" every time, just because I think eventually people are going to go, "What is that?"
2: You can't. What are you doing? New listeners and stuff like that. Like
1: I get it. Like it, 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 it's a little gatekeepy in a way. Not gatekeepy, but like what's? I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but it's just like
0: rewarding skipping episodes of our show. I
1: guess I don't know. But I but my point though is that I think it'd be fun if we find something near the beginning of every movie as we get there. Sure. And find something so that like anytime we're in what if we have a new kind of that might be that might just be a standard exit just because every episode's so different. But like, you know, with like with like Iron Man, right? Like, you know, what is like a good like what you know, can we build this out of in a cave out of a box of scraps, right? Like yeah, here's so here's
0: a here's a here's pitch for for Captain Marvel. Okay. Ready? All right. Um, all right. And Colin, that is the music of 1995. We are again going through the uh, self-titled garbage album, one episode at a time. Um, so shall we hook into the Great Intelligence?
1: Oh, I like that. Ooh, that's right? good.
2: I I I'm on board yeah. with that, as a guest. Fair. <laughs>
1: Good because I've got I've got bad news for you, Mike. You wouldn't get a say. <laughs> That's so aggressive. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I like
0: hold on. Let's just imagine a world where Mike does come in and be like, "Nope, nope, nope,
2: no, nope, hmm. no, nope, nope. Here's. I've emailed you so no, I got, I've got so many yeah. notes. Yeah, I've got
1: so many notes. Don't worry. In the quarterly email,
2: I mean, I emailed b- you before you said that to give you different alternatives that I knew you were.
0: Mike's email newsletter, the Snyder Insider, where he just critiques our show, and that's it.
1: This that's really nice. good because it's Sign up just for the, the, sub the same. Like.
2: I, I know you, you You named my other show, yeah. but you named my other Do other show. Do you also
1: realize, though, that because of that, it's just flipping the INS? It's the same The International...
0: Letters. What's oh, the INS? Damn. International Naturalization Services? What is that? That's This is not important. You can go to social media at any point. Or really just point. the
1: SNI, I guess, really, but still. Immigration
0: just, and Naturalization Service.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. That was... I, you know what that was? James well, was just—we are, we are at each other's throats. James tonight. was just trying to drive his car, on. and I was a train that just went <laughs> fuck that. Uh, and I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, you know what they say? You know that old saying? Sometimes when a train hits you and shatters your right leg, God you turn opens into the Doris Day, the very famous singer.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Uh, that's that's definitely a special night. One time. So. Folks, let's talk about some recommendations, shall we?
0: Yes. Uh,
1: Normally, that would be something that one of the two of us would do. But since we have a guest here, Mike, I would love if you could give us a recommendation of your uh, podcasts.
2: Oh, sure. Uh, I I will also give a third recommendation for a show that I think you should listen to. But uh, my show uh, is uh, Good Morning Greendale. Uh, it is a community rewatch podcast. We are in season... Well, uh, as of recording, we are in season five. Who knows where we'll be at when this drops? Uh, because I believe we are ahead of... Uh, this recording is ahead of what's going to happen. So we'll find out uh, together. It's at Good Greendale on Twitter. Uh, and you can find it all in all your podcast places. We are also going to be restarting uh, Back to the Futurama because there will be more Futurama to talk about. Uh, you can find that at... At Back to Futurama on on podcasts or on, on Twitter and wherever you find your podcast. And you know what? I just really like Finish It. Yep. The uh the uh-huh. podcast of the Yule Brothers. Uh go go listen to that. Uh, I believe they're at Finish It Pod on. on that Square. is true. That is true. I just love Finish yeah. It and I just want everybody to like Finish It. Absolutely. And uh because they're wonderful and they're going through a book about Luigi, and <clears throat> Luigi is my favorite Nintendo character. Uh, because I am also a tall, uh, lanky dude. Although I'm not as lanky as I once was, I've, I've, I've become a little bit more rotund, like Mario. When
1: you jump, can you press and hold a button and just sort of like wiggle your legs and sort of stay in the air for a brief moment?
2: Yes. Definitely. A lot of people don't know this about me. That's, That's like how
0: you know, if I jump in the air, you hold the button and my dress flares out and I just sort of float down to the surface. Yes.
2: Not a lot of people use that one but it's it's true but you know what james what's that i think it's pretty awesome thanks we all bring different things to the table except mario
1: I, well it's funny as I, I, mean, was say, I was normal. gonna say i i'm just mario in this situation which is i just go oh, 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 did, did, did <laughs> and, uh, toad <laughs> run super jump.
2: fast he was the fourth mm, one in super right. I, he was i believe he was just faster at picking, picking vegetables. vegetables yeah that's so. Close. I know it's
1: so fucking stupid. <laughs> like,
0: I can pick them faster because they're me. Just, to be fair, you know, he also to has be the fair. worst jump.
1: Like he sure. can jump so short. It's. Yeah.
2: I will say they did reskin Doki Doki Panic to to make Super Mario sure. Two sure, in sure. the the, uh, the West. So or as I like to call
0: it, Okie uh, Doki Panic.
1: Well, thanks so much for That'll joining be enough us, for us on from this, on this here episode of TimeLine Scavengers. Scavengers, everyone. We appreciate your listening so much, and we do hope that you choose to come back for the next episode, and the next after that, and the next, and so on and so forth. Again, it's a podcast designed to last forever. As always, I'm Colin Parker.
2: I'm James Anderson. And I'm Mike Snyder. Don't worry, Peggy. You have your own adventures to go on. Excelsior!